Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Tipsy Ghosts. We're your tipsy hosts, Sarah, Sarah, and Lindsay. Hey, guys. Hello. Have you guys been watching anything good on Netflix lately? I've seen a couple things on there, but I, I really can't remember where they were. There's been a lot of good documentaries that came out recently. Yeah. I feel like I watched like a four-part documentary. I don't know. What have you seen? Maybe it'll jog I my memory. I saw um, The Most Hated Man on the Internet. Okay, yeah. That's the one I watched. <laughs> and then I Just Killed My Dad. I watched both of those. Yes. <laughs> same page Winston, have you seen these i'm still uh, in the middle of inventing anna oh uh, that's a good one too yeah. i did you know, love I'm that behind on the times that's okay just playing catch up <laughs> you're loving inventing anna though right or anna i anna? love her accent is what i like it's bizarre she right? deserves an emmy for that because that yeah. is impressive for sure she sounds just like her she does i googled it because actually i thought her accent was kind of annoying and I was like, "This, what is it? I couldn't figure out what it was supposed Nobody to be, but no. <laughs> um, turns out that's exactly what the real person sounded like. So tell us about the documentaries that you've been watching. So The Most Hated Man on the Internet is about Hunter Moore. Yes. And ugh, my timeline might be off 2012. Yeah, it's like the two, 2010 era. Uh-huh, the How emo scene. Tonight? What is wrong with me? <laughs> <laughs> it's like the scene movement. And he basically had like a revenge porn website up where people could upload photos of like nudes that were sent to them. And yeah. he would take it a step further and post their social medias. So it would have like their name, mm-hmm. their address, where they worked, all these things. I did watch this. Yes. It was fascinating and also terrible. Oh, it was. Yeah. yeah. I watched it too. I loved it. And it was during the MySpace era. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> like getting people's photos and stuff, I think was a little bit easier. This was like when the internet was still just kind of a, I don't want to say new thing, but it was like completely unregulated. I know that there is a lot of sites that don't have regulations still, but it was just a free for all. Well, and they got him on it because he was hacking into people's like personal email accounts and getting these photos. So they weren't like sent to anybody. Yeah. And then if you watched his interviews on the documentary, then you can just figure it out pretty quickly that he's just kind of a turd. Yeah. The most frustrating thing to me is that the lack of remorse mm-hmm. no for remorse. how this affects the the people involved no he doesn't care at all frustrating thing he still doesn't exactly <laughs> like i kind of did some research on him afterwards to see like where is he now because you know he's out of jail he didn't yeah. do very long and he's still a terrible person it looks like perfect still has no remorse for it yeah he said like the closest thing i found he said was like i would do things differently Oh, I'd yeah. go about it a different way, but I would still do it. Right, exactly is what he was trying to say. For sure. He has yes. no emotions about it. Mm-hmm. But the other one that you talked about. Oh my gosh, that ripped that my heart out. That was an emotional journey. I wasn't ready for that one. So this one is about a 17-year-old who calls 911 and says, I just killed my dad. And like police were stunned because he had a very flat affect and right. like wasn't showing remorse or any emotion, yeah. sadness, anger, nothing. Sure. And... Everything seemed like completely random, and then they did more digging into it, and you get into abuse and kidnappings and all of this stuff, and it's crazy, the things that happened. And the defense attorney who worked for this kid, pro bono, he's like, I will never charge him for anything, broke down crying when the sentence was read, and I was just like, (laughs) like happy tears. I don't want to spoil anything. No, you spoiled it. Sorry. No, you'll. It's still. It's in a. It's a roller coaster. It's a roller coaster. But I was like. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, on that note. On that note. What are we going to talk about tonight? I would like to talk about the time that Lindsay left Sarah and I to our own devices. 
Another haunted investigation. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Winston and I went to um, a little town called Brumley, Missouri. Brumley, Missouri. You'd think that it was close because it's also in Missouri, but I mean, it's southern Missouri. (laughs) Yeah. It's just east of the Lake of the Ozarks, the beautiful Great Lake of the Missouri uh, area. We love the Lake of the Ozarks (laughs) with all the dead people. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Floating in the water. Yes. The hair fish. Hair fish. Isn't that the man made lake? It is a man-made lake, and they sure. f- they flooded towns in order to make the lake. So theoretically, I bet they flooded a cemetery. Yeah, I'm sure they did. I was about to be like, well, no, I think they warned the people. <laughs> yeah, no, they didn't kill out. people. <laughs> it's just the cemetery bones. <laughs> this random Tuesday, <laughs> random Tuesday, Ha-ha, we decided too late. <laughs> oh, you guys didn't read the email. My bad. <laughs> but listen, the Ozarks can be a little bit of a creepy place. They are a creepy place. Yeah. It's, uh, I I like to tell people, because, you know, Missouri has a bad rap sometimes. Sure. And I like to tell people there's different types of Missouri. <laughs> and we come from, like, city Missouri. Mm-hmm. And so it's a lot different than country Missouri, like rural Missouri. Right. Have you seen the meme where it's, like, the state of Missouri, and it goes, Missouri has two big towns, and they're both trying to escape the state. Because <laughs> Kansas City the is on the border, sides. and St. Louis is on the border. Yes. Yeah, I'm I, pretty sure, like, people from small town Missouri that would say the same thing, that, like, small town Missouri is totally different than... Big city, uh, I big city, I guess. Yeah. The big city of Kansas City. Medium-sized city, <laughs> yeah, Missouri. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but small town, Missouri, I mean this with the most respect that I can say is very scary sometimes. It's unique. Yeah. Yes. I lived in small town, Missouri for a while. I, it's it's scary. <laughs> in that, like, it's so remote mm-hmm. that you just feel like anything could happen and there's not another town for at least 20 miles and there's been enough like scary movies set in the tiny towns and uh, not necessarily Missouri, but like, yes, just these like little tiny towns and they, the scary movies are very scary about them. (laughs) Scary (laughs) movies are very scary. And then they are. Join us for more insight (laughs) here. The Tennessee ghost. Yes. Small town, Missouri is even a lot different than like backwoods, Missouri. Oh, backwoods, Missouri. That's Mm -hmm. where you get into some really scary territory. I feel like we were approaching backwoods i felt like missouri <laughs> yes yeah yeah did you have cell phone service that's always a good sign if not you always no we used he they did have wi-fi set up oh, okay there, so that good. worked out great that's yeah good. and i mean all the credit to the home we're gonna what, where did we go we went to the brumley castle yes in brumley missouri <laughs> a castle in missouri who'd have thunk it it's I called love the, that they call it that it's called the castle house yeah because it's not really a castle it just has <laughs> it has a, a, a turret, turret on the side which it's not even a turret it's, it's just, just a, round, a rounded corner like a bay window <laughs> all the way up the side yeah it's like rounded corners from one corner of the house oh, and then okay. it points at the top so it does look like a castle like a okay castle. a castle in missouri i see where they were going yeah. i get it yeah but yeah uh, boys and i spent the night there, we did have a couple in guest evaders. Uh, our friend Tony and his two kids joined us, actually. Teenagers, yes. Yes. Not like toddlers. Yeah. <laughs> That'd I be weird to get clarifying. some evidence. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. It was their first time investigating, and I think they had a good time, and we'll tell their, their stories here at the end. Okay. Tell me about Brumley. Yeah, so it's four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think four hours. Four-ish hours on the back roads. Mm-hmm. Like you drive a regular highway for maybe an hour. And a then, regular highway. <laughs> then like back highways 
Windy roads. Mm-hmm. Windy roads. And it took us through the small town of Tipton, Missouri. And that's where my new favorite store is. It's, uh, well, we've talked about it before, I think. We've mentioned yeah, it. Yeah, we did mention it. So we'll keep it brief. But yeah, we did go through It's where Tipton. all the cement statues are. And that's where I got my <laughs> alien statue. Alan. Alan, mm-hmm. Alan the alien. <laughs> Alan, yes. Me. Alan needs an Eileen. Aileen. Aileen. Yes. Aileen. Yeah. So we we had a long drive down there. We vlogged, and we're gonna give yes. we're gonna give the footage to Lindsay to sort through and then post. I can't wait for you to wait, see it. The vlog of you at Brumley, or were you at Tipton? On the way down, we vlogged on the way, like on the oh, road. Oh, okay. And also at Brumley. Okay. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. So a long drive, and we got to Brumley. We did to the Castle House. Do you want to hear about Brumley? I would love to hear about yes, Brumley again. I'd love to. It rhymes with crumbly. <laughs> That's all it, I can think of. It, it does. does kind of. Is it yeah. crumbling? Um, not no. anymore. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, it's in good shape now. This the current building is. Yes. I'm at the town. <laughs> oh, I don't know that we ever made it into the actual town. I think that was it. Was that the town? The road up. There was three <laughs> houses. There was like a diner, like a bar. A diner, yeah. Was there a McDonald's or a Dairy Queen? Oh, absolutely, absolutely not. not. No. Oh. Might be the smallest town we've done then. Mm-hmm. I think it actually might be. Mm-hmm. I thought Garnett was, but no. Or actually even Malvern. Shall we Google no. the population? What about um, Villisca? Oh, smaller. Villisca actually had multiple roads. You know, maybe we just weren't in Brumley. Here's the thing. Um, in 2020, the population of Brumley, Missouri was 100. Oh, Brumley ones. <laughs> she a small one. Okay. So, um, yeah. Okay. Let, let's hear about it. Okay. The history is from the Brumley Castle House website, and it might differ from past accounts that you could see on TV shows. So this house has been on a show called The Dead Files, and yeah. I think they were there before the current owners took over. So there is a little bit of difference in the history, and this is because the previous owner had some beliefs and had kind of word-of-mouth stories, and what the current owners have been able to validate through historical records is a little different. And so what I'm going to tell you is what has been validated through records by the current owners. Okay. But honestly, the house only knows what the actual history is. So um, we're just going <laughs> to yes. go through a list of the previous owners because there are a lot. These ones, there's going to be quite a few before the current house was actually built. Um, so in 1812, Sarah Lee... Fun fact, Lee was almost my middle name. <laughs> was it? It was. My dad said, no, she's going to get made fun of because of Brad. He's right. <laughs> He's right. That's exactly what I thought. I didn't even think about that. I was no. just thinking. Oh, it must be a Sarah thing. I was thinking Lindsay is a much better name. <laughs> you and my Sarah? dad both. <laughs> <laughs> then Lee. <laughs> yeah. Well, Lee's a family name. Yeah. <laughs> But he's right. You would have been made fun of, I'm sure. Yes. I love it. I'm sorry. So thanks, Dad. Um, So Sarah Lee is the first recorded owner of the land, but she never actually lived there. And that's in 1812. 1836 to 1875, Reverend Jacob Shaw McComb Sr. was a farmer, a teacher, and a minister and served in the Union just briefly in 1860 or 1861. (laughs) <laughs> the union back in 1961 <laughs> Whew, the it's union a lasted war. a long time <laughs> it did they're solid 
His first wife, Emily, died on the property at the age of 40, as did one of their 10 children, a five-week-old John G. Aw. Jacob Jingleheimer's Oh, boy. Oh, I knew gosh. that was happening. <laughs> uh, he remarried and had six more kids with a lady by the name of Julianne. And she died in Kansas at the age of 35. And then he married again to a lady named Eva. But she never actually lived on the property, which might have been good for her. Um, it's a little, I mean, so the owners said, I thought it was a little suspicious that he's had three wives and mm-hmm. a thousand kids. 16. Good Lord. Yeah, but they they said that back in those days, like you needed right assistance, especially with it's now fifteen kids because John G died. That's right. Oh, sorry. Um, but you needed a woman of the house. Got it. So even ever lived on the property. Reverend Macomb died in Oregon at the age of ninety two. We're just going through a timeline of the the property. Eighteen seventy five to eighteen eighty three. Doctor John Connor was of course a doctor but also a coroner and a teacher who's a fun kind of doctor yeah i mean yeah i mean that in addition to other types of doctoring i believe so he had an office and an apothecary shop on the property and would have both treated patients and prepared bodies rose apothecary yes (laughs) okay yes he started rose apothecary i see okay that makes sense he is uh, Dr. John Rose Apothecary Connor, <laughs> and he started Rose Apothecary. <laughs> David is his great, great, great. Yes. Times 10 grandson. Got it. So he had three kids with his wife, Elnora, one of whom died at the age of 16. 1885 to 1893, John Martin was a merchant, a farmer, and an innkeeper owning the Martin Hotel. And he might have been the builder of the house, but you'll soon find out that there were several possible builders of the house. They don't know who built it. So like the next five people might have built the house. (laughs) Somebody will claim. (laughs) Yes. Uh, He played the fiddle and his wife, Franny, played the organ. They had their own little band. I play the fiddle, you play the organ. (laughs) Yeah. I love that so much. John and Franny. (laughs) Wait, you're going to like this. It's comical, but it's also sad. Okay. 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 It's okay to to. laugh because... We specialize in the comically sad. That's how we cope with comically sad. It reminds me of something that Sarah said whenever we were in Dallas. Uh, they had eight children, including twins, Love and Dove, who were still born. <laughs> I have to get through this sentence. Why are you laughing? <laughs> you should have started with stillborn, so then we're not laughing. Okay, they had eight children, including twins who were stillborn and buried within a thousand feet of the property. Their names were Love and Dove. Sarah, you good? I forgot about the twins. <laughs> Oh, at the cemetery yes. in Dallas? Yeah, the cemetery nice. of infants? Is that what it was? <laughs> cemetery of lost infants or something yeah. like that. What did you, I name them? June? In May? <laughs> May and June. Because <laughs> I said June. Like one of them was named June. I said the other one and you went May. Oh, no. <laughs> it was better than August or July. You know, I it was cute. <laughs> Okay. I really missed an opportunity when I named my children. You <laughs> honestly did. I mean, I if did. it's not rhyming or like back to back months, then <laughs> what was I thinking? I know. <laughs> what? They were born in May. Oh my God. 
What would they? What would April a, and May. Oh, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> they were born at the beginning of May, so we got to go with April. Okay. Well, thanks for reminding me that I am not a great person. <laughs> All right, 1893 to 1902, Clifford Thompson was the postmaster in Miller County. The cool. master of posts. Master of posts. He is the other, one of the other possible builders of the house. <laughs> he, Do you think they all just built like a couple bricks at a time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're all yeah. the builders. I get it. It's teamwork. He had three children with his first wife, Belle. Oh, I love that name. 1901 to 1907, James Thompson was a merchant and another possible builder of the house. (laughs) He had four kids with his wife, Victoria. All right, 1907 to 1916, Joseph McWilliams was a miller, a foreman at the post office, owner of an electric company, and fun fact, he was the owner of the first car in Brumley. The jack of all trades. He was also another potential Ooh. builder of the house. Yeah. Of course he was. Of course he was. He and his wife, Sarah, <gasps> had four kids. 1916 to 1919, Clyde Fred Pemberton was a farmer, a salesman, and an oil field worker. He also had a wife named Sarah, but she went by Carrie. <laughs> what? Oh, oh yeah. It's a common know. nickname. I- <clears throat> I'm going to call you Carrie from now on. Please don't. <laughs> Forget Boyd's then. Unless I'm covered in me, blood. Please don't call me Carrie. Carrie. <laughs> I think it's cool. <laughs> Carrie agrees. <laughs> I hate it. No. Okay, fine. They had five children. Okay. Sarah was a very common name, yeah. I have found. Still is, weirdly enough. Uh, in 1920 to 1928, Charles Short was a teacher, a banker, and a politician. I feel like back in the day, you had to have three jobs in order to mm-hmm. succeed. Probably. Probably in Brumley, right? Because they don't have enough people there to run a post office and a bank, a and bank, the school, and the bar, and be the mayor, <coughs> and build houses. Yeah. He had two kids with his wife, Cora, who was also a school teacher. 1928 to 1930, Dr. Walter Duncan Dixon from Canada. Duncan Dixon. I can't even say it. He and his wife, Grace, had two children, and they had a, I don't know how to take this, a, quote, hired hand. I don't know. Her name was also Grace. Maybe like a nanny? Okay. I like that more than what I was thinking. Okay. Um, Dr. Dixon died of a heart attack in the house. So by, by now the house is built. I okay. hope so. It's built. In no 1930. So 1930 to 1935, Dr. Dixon's son, James, took over the home. He also had three jobs, a mailman, a prison guard, and a timekeeper. What's a timekeeper? He keeps time. <laughs> he walks around. It is 733. <laughs> 733, everyone. Just need you to know. Oh, it took, you, alarm. took you one minute to walk from that to there. I will let I you kept know time. it is eight. <laughs> <laughs> he was the clock. I, I want to be a timekeeper. <laughs> Instead of a town clock, he just stood at the top of a building and hollered out the time every once in a while. Yeah. That's right. What did you do like pre-megaphone though? He uh, just yelled really loud. Toilet paper roll. It's like the town crier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He just yelled really loud. Paul Revere. <laughs> yes. He was Paul Revere. He rode yes. around on a horse or in a car with his... <laughs> it is 7 p.m. It is 7 p.m. <laughs> Everybody, it is 7 p.m. It's 2 a.m. <laughs> when did he sleep? He didn't. He's the timekeeper, the keeper of time. He can never sleep. This is a very important oh, job. Oh, boy. He had a wife named Layla, but she went by Chloe, and what? they had four children. 
Okay. He, I, timekeeping didn't give him a lot of sleep, <laughs> and so he was an alcoholic. Aww. And he was said to have anger issues well, with how slowly time passed. Maybe oh. let's not trust an alcoholic to keep the time. <laughs> <laughs> that was too much pressure for him, mm-hmm. keeping that time. Yes. <laughs> you have to be so accurate. Is it a sundial? <laughs> what if you interpret it wrong? Sundial? <laughs> I don't know how the 30s were. I'm pretty sure they had, like, pocket watches. <laughs> I don't know how the 30s were. <laughs> he whips out his pocket watch. <laughs> but what if it's slow? Oh. Yeah, how do you know? why do you need a timekeeper. They keep the time. But he only has a pocket watch. No, I feel he like probably he would, has multiple. He would double check with the sundial. He's got a sundial. <laughs> and every day at noon, he double checks his pocket watch. To make sure it's accurate. When he rides around on his horse, good news, everybody, we're up to date. <laughs> and hollers the time. Yes. See, he might be slurring his words That then. was too much pressure for him. Yeah. handle it. I'm crying. <laughs> anyway, so he went and shut up the post office. He was drunk. He had a gun. He was threatening oh. to kill some guy named Audie Warren. Because he thought Audie got him fired from the post office. Um, Probably not flash. because he was drunk or right. that he got the time wrong. <laughs> I don't know. It wasn't any of those things, but okay. Right. So not a nice guy. Um, but then a Dr. Myron Jones, who we learn about in a minute, was there. He disarmed him and brought the gun back to Chloe, the wife. And then Chloe took the gun and sold it back to the original owner. A lot of passing around of the gun. <laughs> Jeez. She had to sell it back. She's like, he doesn't need this while he's on the that. horse. He's already double fisting his alcohol and the reins and his pocket watch. Drive it. Um, R-U-I. Uh, O-U-I. Operating. Riding under the influence. R-U-I. R-U-I. Um, and th- so then in 1935, James Dixon sold the house to our new friend, savior of the day, Dr. Myron Jones. Oh, thank God we got there. Yeah, so 1935 to 1947, Dr. Jones practiced medicine in Brumley and was the president of the American College of Osteopathic Pediatricians. Okay. That's quite the title. I mean, it's no timekeeper. <laughs> Do we have a whole like bag full of essential oils? Well, he treated some big names. I don't know the first one. Erisipalus. What? Erisipalus. I, Can you spell it? E R Y S I P E L A S. It's a relatively common bacterial infection of the superficial layer of the skin extending to the lymphatic vessels. Yeah, that's what I thought it's it a was. Rash. Yeah. It's a rash. <laughs> Sounds icky. He treated that okay. and scarlet fever, an outbreak in 1936, and a polio outbreak in 1946. Man. Good for him. He built a 9,000-gallon cistern under the house. That fun fact remains to this day. Sarah called it the Sistine Chapel. <laughs> I did. Yeah. What is a cistern? It's a, a holder of water. Okay. I didn't know what it was either, so that's... The ladies, oh, the like ladies the in town would all come to wash their hair mm-hmm. because it was so large. Well, there was... It wasn't... Nice. Yeah, the water quality was better there, yes. is what they said, too. Okay. So. Giant bath. Basically. But it was under... It was under the house, and so that's what they used as their water. Gotcha. Okay. He was elected mayor in 1936. I don't see why not. He had three children with his first wife, Marjorie, before she died in 
1983, and then he remarried a lady named Alma. He died of heart failure in Washington in 1989. In 1947 to 1946, Charles Bass was a merchant and a postmaster. He (laughs) married Lefty May, and they had five children, but one died of the flu at the age of 15 months. Charles later died of cirrhosis in Jefferson City. Uh Uh-oh. In 1956 to 1963, William Burt Sullivan was a barber who lived in the house with his wife, Norma Cecil Connor. And she was the niece of the previous owner, Dr. John Connor. They had two children. Bert died in the house from complications of arthritis. Norma continued living in the house after his death. And she was a seamstress and a cook. And she owned a hat shop. And then she died in the house from 1984 from old age and dementia. In 1984 to 1988, Emerson Alley was the owner of a cleaning service and a Korean War veteran. He was married to Myra. He died of a heart attack in the house, and two months later, his wife sold it. And it it exchanged several more time exchanged hands several more times until 2013. And at that time, 2013 through 2000, 2016, Nick Sacco and Marcy Hootner restored the castle house and originally planned on using it as a bed and breakfast. Once they noticed odd occurrences, though, they then used it as a haunted bed and breakfast and held a variety of events there. They ended up selling the home once Marcy saw Nick's doppelganger one night. Oh, no. I know we just talked about that in a recent episode. It's a bad omen to see somebody's doppelganger. Death. Yeah. It's not good. So they sold it. In 2016 to 2018, Mike and Vicki Rowland continued the haunted bed, bed and breakfast, the ghost tours, and the Festival of Witches and Warlocks, which was a benefit for the HOPE program at the Lake Regional Cancer Center. And then in 2018, current owners Steve and Judy Skinner bought the house. Steve's a dermatologist, adding a, yet another doctor to the list of homeowners. Steve and Judy plan to continue preservation efforts for the home. They will also continue hosting paranormal investigations, tours, and special events. So lots of owners, several deaths, both adult and children, a few doctors who saw patients at this location, including one who prepared bodies. So the house is no stranger to epidemics. We mentioned it briefly, but patients with ailments of the flu of 1936 Scarlet Fever of 1936, which included Dr. Jones himself, he also had scarlet fever, and polio in 1946, where patients of those ailments were all seen here. A Union Army camp was located about a mile from the property, and the Native American site, Bone Cave, is about three miles away. In July of 1971, there was a murder-suicide about 500 yards from the property, where a husband killed his wife and then killed himself. The property is relatively large, and there's a, a lot to look at, especially if it's July and it's very hot. 
True story. Uh, you can see the outline of an old log cabin that used to be there before the house was actually built. So the original, original house, you can see the outline of that, which is actually pretty cool. Yes. Um, there are two reported graveyards in the backyard, one a pioneer graveyard and the other was a mass grave, which the owners are still working to get more information on. They've found many, many artifacts in the yard, and most are on display in the house, as well as some treasures that they have bought over the years, which we'll get into just a bit. We'll segue into the house. Sure. Um, On the first floor, you walk into a little sitting area, and then you see stairs that go up, or you can go left into the parlor or straight into the dining room. Yeah, and then that little turret area. And the little turret area. <clears throat> I think you mentioned, and correct me if I'm wrong, but is that where the homeowner who had the arthritis complications, is that where he passed? Somebody passed there, yes. Yeah. I think he said that, that they made a little room up for him down there. Hmm. So that he didn't have to do the stairs anymore. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay, so also on the first floor, you can go in through, I guess, what would be the dining room. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty small room. And has just a dining room table in there. For dining, yes. Yeah, I assume it's for dining. Is that where they dined? Uh, It's context clues, yes. (laughs) Maybe. Was there a table and chairs? (laughs) If you continue walking through said dining room, (laughs) there's a kitchen. Um, Nothing too remarkable about the kitchen. For kitchen. Yeah, I think you you do kitchen stuff in there. That makes sense. But then you keep going. You keep going, and this is where it gets cool. And that, what did we call this room? It's basically just a back room. It's, they've got some furniture. It's kind of like a, a sunroom. Yeah. It feels like a sunroom, but they've got furniture and they have a lot of the trinkets, the things that he has dug up around the house. Is this the Indian bone room? Yes. We called it the Indian bone room because there, <laughs> very are, there are bones, actual bones, both uh, human and animal. Mm-hmm. And there's also an authentic headdress yes. of a chief. A Native American chief, yes. Yes. And this is also where the door to the Sistine Chapel is. The Sistine Chapel. Uh, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so also on the first floor, beside the parlor room, was a bathroom. Mm-hmm. Which you would think sounds nondescript, but... Right. If you just continue walking through the bathroom a little bit more, there's a doorway that leads to what we refer to as the creepy room. The creepy bathroom closet. There's a there's a creepy room in a bathroom. That's correct. The yeah. only way you can get there is through the bathroom. That seems like a terrible idea, builders. This, this place was my dream. <laughs> the room or <laughs> the room. Okay. It's a small room of things that Steve has bought, such as a small child coffin, actual bones, a real skull. Mm-hmm insects in formaldehyde including both a black widow and a brown recluse yes and a snake a teeny tiny snake nope 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 would not have even gone in that room um real ouija boards things tarot cards like pictures like creepy just pictures hanging up things from africa right african tribes okay it was a lot. It's it was a hodgepodge. A it's a smorgasbord of things. And that it was, is a true smorgasbord. It was tiny. Like it was probably like a, a closet. intentionally used for a closet. Yes. Um, but they just use it as this creepy room. And Steve explained that he liked to do scrying in this room from time to time. Oh, they had a black mirror. Yes. So they have a black mirror. There is a skull and um, it's a real human skull. And it's from a dental school from Scotland. Interesting. And he has a picture of P. 
people from the dental school from, I don't know, a hundred years ago up on the wall. So just lots of bizarre macabre trinkets. Like okay. I said, this is my dream. He's a collector. Yeah. He is a collector. So we go upstairs and it's the narrowest stair- well it's not because we've been to malvern malvern is the worst staircase it's a pretty narrow it's and steep staircase it's maybe almost as narrow as malvern but it, it's open like there's you know how in malvern it's like mm-hmm. closed on both sides this one at least has an open balcony <laughs> type thing so you don't feel so entrapped but anyhow you get up to the top and there's another what would you call that sitting room yeah at the top of the stairs and this is where they say one of the doctors saw patients and so it's kind of like a a, a medical room. It's my second favorite room in the yeah, house. I liked this one. There's lots of medical artifacts and trinkets. Of course. And the in a little, it's like a large case, are the nicer or more impressive things yeah. that he has found during his property. digs on the property. And in the turret corner, he has a table with a Ouija board. There, The cool medical thing, though, there was a set of crutches from the Civil War. Oh, wow. I'm pretty sure that's what he said. That's impressive. Old crutches. That's awesome. And so then there's this hallway. It's a long hallway. It's got a mirror at the end, and Mm -hmm. he's gotten several anomalies whenever he's taken photos of the mirror or around the mirror. We didn't catch anything, but But he says that's like a high a high spirit traffic area. Okay. And then there are three bedrooms. One called the white bedroom because the bedding is white. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Yes. Um, Clever. And in that room, he says that the door has opened. Yes. And they've caught video of the, the handle jiggling mm-hmm. and the door opening. <laughs> it jiggle jiggles. That's exactly where my brain went. My money don't does, jiggle jiggle. It folds. <laughs> yes. that That's where that happens. This is what our society has become. <laughs> <laughs> on the other side of the... On the other side of the hallway is the red bedroom, and that's yeah. where he says they say that the most activity is, and that's where Sarah and I slept. There's an adjoining closet between the white and the red bedroom. There is, and it has a mirror. It's a scrying mirror. It's it's from really creepy. Bavaria. Okay, like it's it's old. It's from I don't know. It looks like a clown or a jester. I think it's from. A- church yeah it's supposed to be like heaven and hell but there's i I don't know i think it's from a church in bavaria it was uh very unique yeah but also another area for scrying Mm -hmm. and so that closet goes between the white bedroom and the red bedroom and into either bedroom but mostly the red bedroom it said that the closet door will the knob will turn and the door will open and sometimes it'll slam shut Yep. And Steve says that this is where he had the most profound experience right when they bought the house and before they had kind of, you know, fixed it up and made mm-hmm. it look like it is now. Um, so he was afraid of squatters or transients being there when he was not at the house because they don't live here full time. They just right. come and go. But they were coming back and he stayed in the red bedroom and he said that he was sleeping and was awoke by loud banging on the door, that closet door that adjoins the two. So much so that he sat up in bed and basically grabbed his gun and Jeez. thought somebody was in the house with him. Yeah. And he says that that was probably the scariest thing that's happened to him there. That would be terrifying to yes, be woken up by that. So you round the corner and down that hall, there's a closet at the end of 
that hall, there's a bathroom with a shower. And then on your right is, we call it the children's room. I don't know that children actually stayed there, but it's a room with a bed and lots of dolls. And pictures of one of the family's kids, one of the doctor's kids. Yes. Yes. Doll room. Love the it. Doll room. Every every haunted house needs a good you doll room. A good doll room. I yeah. will say just off the side of the parlor is kind of an apartment area and mm-hmm. that's where they the downstairs. owners stay. Yeah. Downstairs. Behind the house are both graveyards, both the mass grave and also a graveyard with different headstone type markers. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are just like rocks <laughs> that mark the site and so they're trying to markers they're doing a lot of uh, research to see who's there or who it might be so there's also like a chicken coop back there there's a chicken coop for the chickens yes they're non-existent right now you can walk to (laughs) it's it's a long (laughs) long way away but you can walk to the very edge of the property line and that's very close to where the union camp was right there's just a lot of history there yeah and it's very fascinating for sure and so we stayed overnight there and we investigated awesome Okay. Um, we can start in the front area. So as soon as you walk in, like we said, there's an entryway with a sitting area off to the side and the, the, the turret. And <laughs> underneath the stairs is a closet. Yep. And There's a closet underneath the stairs? Yeah, we called it the Harry Potter closet. Oh my gosh. I'm so jealous. <laughs> I called it the Yahtzee closet because there was Yahtzee in there. No, it's the Harry Potter closet. And I called it the Harry Potter I closet. I love Yahtzee. No, you're wrong. It's the Harry Potter closet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Any closet there, under the Harry stairs. It's Any true. closet under the stairs. So in the Harry Potsy closet, <laughs> Sarah and I were both in there. I did Phasma. And some of the things that I came up with are a few names, Seth and Kamisha. Mm-hmm. That is she a unique name. It yeah. is. It's a, I, somebody said, can you say one of our names? And it said, no. <laughs> we say they're friends. And then Sarah Hare's movement with her spirit ears. And the Phasma box says, Jesus. They say, how many people do you live with? And the Phasma box says, my husband Somebody says, what was his name? And we hear Joseph. There's a shrine, which a lot of areas in that house can maybe be interpreted as shrines because there's so many artifacts there. Mm-hmm. So I just thought it was interesting. The K2, this is just a fun fact. The K2 went off with a lot of the responses. Like you could, somebody, one of, you know, Sarah or Tony and his kids would say the K2 is going off. And then you would hear me say, something that I was hearing. And they were not by each other. No, they really weren't. And then Sarah heard a door slam. And then I heard like a faint thud. And then I say, he says he's here. And then it says Eisenhower. Uh Uh-huh. After I say, he says he's here. Yeah, because I said, ooh, that's a fancy name. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The president. Eisenhower is here. Oh, we got another president (laughs) in the room. He's feeling jealous that Abe's our favorite. And then somebody asked, just curious if you can, it's probably, it sounds like Sarah, just curious if you can see what we see. And I say, I can't. That is definitely me. (laughs) So then Sarah takes her turn with the Phasma box in the Harry Potsy closet. I knock into something while she's in there. And Sarah (laughs) says, who is that? And I, I, you can hear me say, wait, are you talking to me? But she can't hear anything. She's just hearing the phasma. So somebody said, who is that after I knocked into something? <laughs> They're like, can you not? <laughs> Stop it. And then you hear the names Samantha, 
Eric, and Jesse. And then she says Buffalo. And then she says Running Buffalo, which one of the guys there thought maybe that could have been the name of the chief Mm -hmm. whose headdress was in the room just a few rooms over. Yeah, interesting. Then she says 39 men were left here. And somebody asks, in the war? And she says yes. And then she says it's an interesting time. Another name is Harvey. And she says, I want to get out of here. And then she says, he died. His heart was bad. Somebody asked, do you like the people who live here? And she says, no one lives here, which is true because they don't live there full time. They just kind of visit whenever mm-hmm. they can. You're getting complete sentences. Mm-hmm. Yes. Long yep. ones. And then during that, I hear a noise. I don't know what it was, like a cry, a moan, a whine. I'm honestly really not sure what it was, but it, it it's something. What? What? I got almost the exact same thing. I just wanted to point out that you also got the word Jesse when you were in your phasma box time. And then I did mention during my time that I felt the egg crack feeling on my head. Oh, okay. So that that's my tell right there. And I mentioned the name Bert during my phasma box time, which is one of the owners. Mm-hmm. Then we move into the dining area. Sarah and I went in July. And there mm-hmm. are window un- window AC units Which we all are over the place. For. Oh my gosh, so grateful. It was so hot that day. I love not being hot. <laughs> I love air conditioning. And I yes. was very appreciative. <laughs> However, it did make getting evidence, audio evidence, True. a little difficult. And mm. so we had about a 20-minute recording and I all I could hear was the AC. Yeah, I had one too. Um, but I will say we did use the SLS camera because the owner let us use it. Which we saw, I think, a figure pop up just briefly near the piano. And we were also using cat toys, motion detectors, the music box, our new music box, by the way. I I, I wrote down, I asked about a thousand questions and got nothing on the recorder. And that was in the parlor? Yeah. The, the backbone Indian room. Yes. Did you get anything while we were out at dinner? I got uh, like a weird reverberating noise and a loud bang at one point, but you mentioned the owners were there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and kind of moving around a little bit. And I might hear them then. Um, so that's all I really got was the weird reverberating noise that I caught it actually twice. I didn't really catch too many vibes in the bone room, but it was definitely an interesting place. It was cool. Now to my favorite room of the house, the <gasps> spooky bathroom closet. The spooky bathroom closet. We have a few recordings from there. Um, and the first one that I have, I say that I feel something crawling on my leg. And yeah. then Sarah's like, yeah, I did too earlier. So <laughs> I just wanted to be cool. included. I had that too. <laughs> but early I had it. You didn't even notice. <laughs> then we were there with our friends and we were doing Phasma Box. We all introduced ourselves and then you hear the Phasma Box say, Hi. And then some other things are, indeed, this is my house, names like Jack, Matt, and PJ. And then I'm really tired. We asked, do you have a nickname? And it said, a nickname. (laughs) Or do you have a name? And it said, a nickname. Mm, Clever. And then who's there? We said, what year is it right now? And they said, I don't know. Some other responses are, I think they're retired, which the current owner, one of them is retired. Mm -hmm. And then I'm only going to talk a little. But the most 
interesting thing that I have is an EVP. It's actually a pretty good one. It's, it's after somebody says, is there anything in here you're attached to? Cause remember this is the room that there's lots of things here. Mm-hmm. And so there's phasma box in the background, but underneath the background is an EVP that I think says God. Yeah. So is there anything where you're attached to God? Is there anything in here that you're attached to? Good one. Um, other things in here, like the K2 flickered, and then suddenly tons of voices came through at the same time. You really couldn't differentiate between them, but still interesting that K2, you know, yeah. we usually don't get anything with our I K2. Know. So I have one of the recordings from when we were giving Tony and his kids the tour of the house. So you can hear footsteps on the recorder. I'm assuming it's us, but you can hear them. I wasn't sure. And then at one point I hear, sounds like a man's voice saying something. I can hear it with my headphones in, but when I'm playing it back just on my speakers on my computer, I can't really hear it that great. So maybe hard to isolate. Yeah, definitely hard to isolate. And it sounds like something's moving the recorder, kind of like what you were talking about, like mm-hmm. reverb or, mm-hmm. I'm not really sure. And it's you almost know, like someone bumps up against yes, it. Yes, it does. Yes. Um, so we did leave a recorder in the closet overnight. We left it on the Ouija board, of course. And again, I mentioned that I heard several bathroom breaks. Um, I, I heard lots of loud bangs. I can't exactly tell where they're going, coming from. Um, we were going to bed around this time, so it may be everybody getting settled. But once everybody was settled, then I do hear a couple of knocks and taps that are close to the recorder. I hear what I just described as a loud noise. And then about halfway through, the birds enter the chat. And then I can hear chirping for most of that recording. For the next recording, which is literally just half of it, they, we split it in half, so easier to listen to. A few quiet taps, knocks, movements, thuds, footsteps. And I put there is a lot of fast taps that are really close to the recorder. And then a weird animal noise that is like drowning out everything for several minutes. Okay. Let's go upstairs to the, I call it the second floor main area. This is where like the doctor stuff is and the Ouija board is. The crutches. The crutches. Yes. So like Sarah said earlier, we did the SLS throughout the night and we see something in the doorway of the white bedroom that responded to requests like raise one arm, raise both arms. Like it was actually responsive. So I thought it was pretty cool that it was responding to us on the SLS. Yeah. We, de- we did. We asked it to do it several times, mm-hmm. and it did a lot. It, it even went up on the ceiling on at the one ceiling, point. It did. <laughs> no, absolutely That's not. spooky. We were it like, oh, was. can you please come down? Yeah, we didn't like that. No. But yeah. I did. So I had this both during while we were actually investigating and also the overnight, and I got two things that were kind of weird. Ooh. One is an EVP that I think says Karen. Mm-hmm. It could say something different, but I think it says Karen. <laughs> Maybe Carrie. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Carrie. Again. Well, because, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Carrie oh, has yeah. ties to the house. Dog Carrie. You knew that. I'm with you now. <laughs> yeah. I was picturing the ghost of Karen with her Karen haircut. <laughs> and they're like, absolutely not. You may not. You may not, not do this. You, you may better not put that me. video camera down. <laughs> and then another point, which I don't know if I'll be able to isolate this, but it's. I don't know what it says. Like it was movement that 
was maybe far away, but it sounded really up close. I'm really not sure. Um, but I got the overnight from the second floor area, the Ouija board area. So we go to bed and the Tony and his kids stayed up, but they went or they, you know, they just went into this, the white bedroom. Mm -hmm. So really nobody was out in the house, but I just hear various things. I think I hear distant talking, but I'm just, I'm not sure if it was them. And I really can't in good faith say, oh, this is paranormal. Um, otherwise, I hear, after I know that everybody's sleeping, I hear like clicking and thuds. And that's really it. I don't get any more good EVPs. Those are my good ones. Okay. I had the uh, recording when we went to dinner of uh, the front, the main room upstairs on the Ouija board. Mm-hmm. I heard several knocking, banging, sounds like the woods creaking close. And this is where I heard several vibrations on the recorder, mm-hmm. um, like 30 minutes into it. So we were long gone by then, but I didn't get any voices. Okay, next up, we went to the white bedroom. We were all together in this room. And this is when we talked about the two figures on the SLS. Apparently, one of them looked like their head was missing. What? <laughs> you had a decapitated a anomaly? Decapitated SLS. And then it went on to the ceiling, like we mentioned. Maybe it's the guy whose uh, skull was downstairs. Ooh. And so he didn't have a head. head. I mean, I'd be mad too. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I will say that Steve told us another story. Oh, was this his experience? I can't remember. About somebody seeing the image of a child at the top of the stairs or like having their hands on their on their fists like that at the top of the stairs. Like their fists posed underneath their chin. Yes. Yeah. Like glamour shots, but... Yeah. Just on the top of the stairs. It was a little girl, right? I can't remember. I just remember it being a child and that they saw it a couple of times. So. Interesting. Okay. Who knows? These were not child-sized figures, though, on the box. Um, the REM pod did go off at one point, and then Boydston killed a bug on my face. No. And I said, she's such a good friend. She goes, Gross. <laughs> she slapped like her. you saw it. <laughs> well, I would kept going. There's like a bug on my face, and she goes, "It's right here." <laughs> like, Thank you, thank you. Blood guts on my yeah. face. I needed that though. It was driving me nuts. That's all I got in the white room. So, you guys put a little recorder. You said this is in the hallway. There was a little basket. You put the recorder in there. It was in on the floor. I think it's where holy water went in this, yeah. uh, like a a basin under the mirror. Mm-hmm. Okay, first on the wall. room. Or the scrying mirror. Yes. Okay. So you guys are in there for the first 40 minutes. Um, so we're just going to fast forward through that. Um, and then you guys went to go investigate. Um, I caught a couple taps here and there. Um, I caught steps again. And then I caught a cough, a bark of a dog. I'm not sure. Okay. I remember Steve telling us about a dog being there too. The, okay. The uh, spirit of a dog. I, I wasn't sure what it was. This was just a... A little bit of time we spent in the doll's room or children's room. It was 2.45 a.m. We must have been using the Spirit Box app because I can hear like a robotic voice saying Kim. And we were using the SLS camera. We didn't get anything on there. There are several dolls in there, as we've mentioned. Mm -hmm. And um, I think this is also when we were recording on the night vision camera because we were talking about how we look stupid on the camera. Okay. We didn't really stay here very long. We were kind of ready for bed. It was almost three. And I accidentally leave the recorder in the room for a couple of minutes. And I come back and I say, hi, recorder. It's me again. (laughs) I forgot you. Did you miss me? (laughs) I'm sorry. I forgot you. Uh, But I didn't get anything in there. Now, I will say Tony spent some time in there and he felt very connected to that room. 
Okay. So he says that the creepiest room, according to him and the boys, was the doll room, even more so than the room with the trigger items, which I think he's talking about downstairs with the headdress and all the mm-hmm. bone room. I remember him saying that he spent several minutes in that in that room, 20, 30 minutes, mm-hmm. and just kind of had like an overwhelming feeling in there. I didn't get that sense myself, but he felt very connected to that room. Okay. So yeah, let's move on to the last room of the night. The red room. Red room. Red room. Red That's room. where we slept. Uh, we Sarah and I shared a bed, which usually Sarah and Lindsay share a bed. <laughs> we do. I have a question. Do you guys usually cuddle in the middle of the night? No. We are back to back. It is not my fault. Well, we were back to back. Sarah tried to cuddle with me. <laughs> it is not my fault. Um, <laughs> no, I vividly remember once that I tried to cuddle her because I was freezing and she kept like moving away from me. I was like, come back. <laughs> there was a dip in the mattress. Oh. And so I was a used mattress. <laughs> I mean, our butts are always touching. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't bother me. So we, we ended up butt to butt a couple times, but every once in a while I woke up and we were like, <laughs> <laughs> I have never woken up face to face with Sarah. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I tried to scoot. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry I rolled into you. But I'm a side sleeper and I normally don't move when I sleep and I will look over sometimes when I wake up and she's either lying on her back <laughs> in her vampire pose or she's turned away from me. <laughs> Not this time. I moved a lot. Um, but yeah, I think... Yes, I heard you guys moving a lot. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Well, like I said, the bed had a dip in the middle and that's fine, but it did make us roll <laughs> towards Inwards. the center. Yeah, it was real cute. It did. We cuddled. So I caught this overnight, um, six hours of footage that was basically white noise because of the air conditioning units. Yeah, we needed it to be chilly. You guys went to bed, I'd say within like 30-ish minutes. Yeah. Pretty quickly. And I asked them, what was your sleep like? What was your bathroom schedule like? Right. They said that neither one of them got out of bed. Mm -mm. Okay. So I did catch footsteps um, many times. About an hour in, I got footsteps. Um, I put footsteps. Were you guys moving around? And I asked about the bathroom because I kept hearing a door. And I was thinking, like, I'd hear footsteps and I'd hear a door. And I was like, okay, someone's getting up to go to the bathroom. But I wasn't hearing, like, people getting in and out of bed. So I caught footsteps. I said, were you guys moving around? And five seconds later, I hear a door. I hear other thuds now, too. And I thought I heard a growl, but it's just one of you snoring. (laughs) It was a growl, okay? (laughs) It was a very rhythmic growl. I'm a dainty princess. I don't snore. (laughs) I haven't snored since I got my tonsils out. It wasn't like a deep, like, throaty, like... Every once in a while, I'll do a random... (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, oh, God. It startles me. Um, I caught a weird EVP about an hour and a half in that said, heh, three times. (laughs) Heh, heh, heh. I told them, I'm not sure if it was one of them, because right after I hear it, and it's, like, spaced out. It's not like a ha Right. <laughs> it was like a ha ha And then one of you, like, shifted in your sleep and, like, rolled over. So I, I didn't know if maybe somebody was just dreaming, making some <laughs> some moans. <laughs> I don't know. Um, a little bit later, I said, do you guys talk in your sleep? <laughs> think so because i was catching like it was very it was distant again because i have the white noise um and i could not hear at all what was being said but it was some female voice that talked for about 10 seconds um i caught a couple of very faint evps that i cannot hear over the i don't think you're gonna be able to isolate them 
Um, at one point, I put Sarah. Is that you talking? Were you awake? And then I caught three sneezes, like spread out again. That could be the heh sound, but it sounded like a sneeze, like a quiet one. <laughs> it was not me. <laughs> so here is probably the weirdest part. They're about 25 minutes apart. So this is 188 minutes <laughs> into this. Uh-huh. Several hours is what I'm getting at. They are asleep. And it sounds like almost like a recording or like a spirit box or something. I thought it was like maybe their phones because you guys both sleep with phones and headphones in. Mm -hmm. They said like their headphones didn't come unplugged. It wasn't their phones going off. And it's only for like three, four seconds each time. But we caught, I caught that twice. And I don't know what it is. Hmm. It's like a robotic voice. I thought it sounded creepy just knowing like we were sleeping and if it was one of our headphones coming about our, out of our ears, mm -hmm. I personally wouldn't have noticed. And so you would keep hearing that noise. I just, I don't think that it was something that we were listening to. It almost sounded like a spirit box, but it was like so sure I couldn't make out what it was saying. Was one there like movement afterwards or anything? So we were sleeping. No, my next bang is 40 minutes after that. And maybe like 15 minutes before that, I thought I heard like a female EVT. Huh. Nothing around there. Then I start hearing a lot of bangs and footsteps and boots. And we kind of looked at the time. And I think this is when our investigators were getting up and moving around. Yeah. And that's it. Cool. Okay. So, yeah, we did set up a night vision in that room directed right at the closet. And weirdly, it shut off after like 15 minutes, which... Weird. I had looked at the SD card and it's got lots of space on it. So it wasn't like it was too full. I know it had battery on it because it was still, I was able to turn it on in the morning. So it still had battery. Yeah. Cause in the morning we thought it just died, but right. it didn't just shut off on its own. Did you guys get any vibes while you were in that room? No, no. Um, the only thing that happened is it was just kind of restless sleep. And I don't know if it was just cause I was uncomfortable or kept running into Boydston um, I will say though that my headphones kept shutting off on their own. It did that probably three or four times overnight, mm -hmm. which is unique. I sleep with them all the time when we go to these places and that has never happened. So I don't know, whatever's in there using energy from something. Yeah. And I will say the footsteps that I heard before anybody got up in the room sounded like they were in the room with you guys. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is a little creepy. Right. So what do you want to rate this place? This is hard, and I feel like the more <laughs> places we go, the more critical I'm being. So I feel like, you know, we started out and there's high numbers, and yeah. then the more we go, the lower they are. I would rate it on a haunted rating, like a coolness rating. It's great. Yeah. On a haunted rating, I'd say like a, like a three. Yeah, Ooh. I was going to say four. That is low for you guys. Well, it is. I didn't get any vibes. Um, I wasn't feeling uncomfortable at all. Right. I think anything that we got sounds like it was probably residual. Mm -hmm. I also really enjoy that Steve and Judy acknowledge that sometimes they get nothing. And they're mm -hmm. like, I think that's the beauty of actual haunted locations. It's like, it's not on command. 
Yeah. You can't just say, yeah, we've got a team here tonight and I hope something happens because a lot of times nothing happens. And I think that's fine. I, I love that they acknowledge that. Like sometimes we get nothing. Sometimes we're kind of freaked out. Um, and so the night that we were there, we got nothing. But I think that Lindsay would really enjoy it. I'd like to go back. I'd like to go back during a time where you probably don't need an AC. Mm-hmm. So maybe in the fall or the spring so that we won't have we won't have kind of that interruption in the audio. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I predict that there's probably a Brumley 2.0 that Lindsay can go and see. And then we can kind of see what other evidence we can get. I think that would be great. Yep. Um, I liked that they mentioned that this is kind of their lab and they use it to test different types of equipment out or, you know, like she said, that sometimes they'll get things, sometimes they don't. So he can just kind of go and experience things or not. I believe that they've had their personal experiences. I believe that they actually happened to them. Mm -hmm. He Um, did say he was a non-believer whenever he bought the house and now he's a believer. Right. And so I always have to remind myself that we're just seeing a moment in time. We're only there for 12 hours, sometimes less. Um, And this house has been around for hundreds of years. So the time that we were there, I'd rate it a four. Okay. I'd like to be able to go back and maybe we'll have a different experience and maybe not so much. Um, And that's okay, too. It doesn't mean that it's not. It just means that while we're there, maybe we don't bring the right type of energy for for spirits to come out either. Right. Um, But I think whatever is there is a residual type of haunting, too. And it just kind of comes and goes and goes about its business on its own. Sounds like nothing malicious or anything. I didn't get that vibe at all. If there is there, if there is something there like that, we didn't experience that. Sounds good. I think we need to make a return to Brumley. Let's do it. All right. Well, thanks guys so much for tuning in this week to our haunted investigation of Brumley Castle. You can always find us at thetipsyghost.com with our socials linked from there. Or you can send us an email at thetipsyghost at gmail.com. Please give us a five-star rating and a great review anywhere you listen to podcasts. We really appreciate it. And it really does help. Shout out to Tony and his two kids that came along and did a guestivation with us. We really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, guys. We will catch you next week. Okay, bye. Bye. Bye.